What's going on, everybody? It's Cooper. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast is proudly brought to you by Midwest Meals. We are getting into fall season, full effect. And if you're from the Midwest, you know what that means. And I see people posting about it on the socials all the time. Ooh, it's crockpot season. It's time to eat crap. This is where the train derails, people. I'm not saying don't make crockpot meals. It's not what I'm saying. Make it a part of your repertoire. But if you start that vicious cycle of eating like crap now, then New Year's rolls around and you're like, oh, damn, now I got to make that resolution. And then what happens? Your resolution falls off by the end of January. Keep it on the tracks, people. MidwestMeals.com. They have 12 rotating meals. You can pick and choose, add to your cart, add to your meal plan. You can also build a meal. My favorite, the uh, four-ounce chicken build a meal with broccoli and loaded mashed potatoes with barbecue sauce from our friends at Chip Magnet Salsa. So you can have those crockpot meals. Maybe save them for a football Sunday. But then the rest of the week, get after it with quick, easy, and clean eating meals with all your macros and your calorie count on there and keep yourself on the track. Go to MidwestMeals.com and get 10% off your first order. The promo code is Cooper at checkout. Hashtag MidwestFitFam. Podcast also brought to you by Violent Gentleman Hockey Club. Hockey season in full effect. You want to gear up. You want to look like you know what you're doing. Join the badass revolution at ViolentGentleman.com for all your hockey swag. They got t-shirts. They got hoodies. Yeah, it's hoodie weather. I'm looking at you. Hats and flags. Everything you need to show your enthusiasm for the sport. And also that you're a badass. ViolentGentleman.com. Promo code is Cooperville15 to get 15% off that first order of Violent Gentleman gear. Monster Energy, of course, bringing you the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Whether it's Monster Ultra, whether it's Monster Hydro, whether it's Muscle Monster, incorporated into your life. You're going to hit that lull in the afternoon. Get the kick in the ass you need with Monster Ultra. Zero calories, zero sugar. Get you a little pep in your step to get through the rest of your day and become accomplished. Hashtag Monster Podcasts. Welcome to Cooperville. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe, get updates, feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. There is so much Wisconsin on this podcast. You know, I think there's a Liney's bottle somewhere in this in this studio. So welcome to Cooperville Podcast, proudly based in Wisconsin. It's Chris Cruzy, proudly based in Wisconsin. I mean, we throw a Packer flag up, you know, get some cheese curds. I think we're set. Bratwurst, we're set, man. Yeah, we got it, you know. We're 100%. Uh, Chris, of course, uh, born and raised in the great state of Wisconsin. And uh, I know that at some point, I, I did radio for 20 years. I know at some point we we crossed paths because you, uh, you were on the grind for many years before, you know, yeah. the, the world got to see you on The Voice. I know you, you're playing a ton of shows. You were all over the, the area. Um, so I know that we crossed paths, but... To go from playing shows in Wisconsin, playing bars, you know, playing, uh, you know, you probably played in a tent more than, you know, a lot oh, yeah. of people can can confess to. Hopefully they were heated if you played the winter shows, which still do. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's what it's all about, though, is remembering those uh, those shows. But then, yeah, all of a sudden the world gets a hold of, of you on The Voice. And, you know, throughout the podcast, we'll talk about uh, 
that journey. Um, but for you, I mean, this, this obviously starts, this pursuit obviously starts at a very young age, you know, music finds its way somehow, some way into your life. Um, you know, for you as a youngster growing up and, and getting the, the blessings of dealing with four seasons that we have here, uh, in Wisconsin, where, where do you, where do you first remember, you know, like hearing music, you know, what was being played as you were, uh, as you were a youth growing up? Ever since I was a little kid, my dad always had a guitar leaning in the corner of the basement mm -hmm. and we, we went camping a ton and, you know, so it's definitely summertime sitting around a campfire hearing my dad play. He didn't, he didn't really sing or anything. He just played, you know, cowboy chords and old Willie Nelson songs mm -hmm. and stuff. And, uh, just that was, that was kind of like, you know, I was fascinated by it at a very young age and yeah, I mean, we'd always sneak out, sneak down in the basement and go over there and flick the strings on the guitar even when we weren't supposed to touch it <laughs> i think i had those same rules i was a very musical family i mean wisconsin uh very irish uh so yeah. instruments were always around and that that was i believe one of the cardinal rules is now you see where grandpa has the fiddle and he has the banjo and you know dad has the guitars and uncle has this and you're like that's where they are and you stay over here. There's like a, you know, almost like a parameter around it. Like, yeah, <laughs> if we could, if we could afford it, we'd had security, you know, which is probably more cousins. But, um, and so you, you are obviously at a very young age. Uh, music is is a part of it, and not just the stuff you hear on the radio. You you get that, um, that kind of parental pass down of, of of music. When do you first pick up the instrument? That when, I should say that. When are you first allowed to touch the instrument without uh, doing it under the cover of darkness in the basement? Um, my mom and dad bought me a guitar when I was six Yeah, and, uh, my dad put little stickers on the fretboard where my mm -hmm. fingers were supposed to go and just, uh, I, he started out with just one chord and I'd just play that chord and play that chord. And then, you know, a few days went by and I'm like, all right, dad, I got that one down and he'd show me another one. Mm -hmm. So once I'd get that one down, then he'd say, you know, now start switching from that one to that one. And then. And back and forth and let me know when you get good at that. And we just kind of slowly added. He showed me everything he knew. And uh, like by the age of seven, I was kind of on my on my own path with it. Mm -hmm. Callous fingers. A lot of very much. Pretty much yeah. since the age since the Hard. age of six. Hard. <laughs> this man, this man crawls, up, he crawls up walls. Just like, like a koala bear yeah. crawling up walls and stuff. <laughs> you know, when you uh Yeah, and then, and then I mean, my dad had like all these tapes, you know, he, he, I found this drawer full of tapes and it was Skinner and ACDC and Guns N' Roses and, you know, Merle Haggard and yeah. Hank Williams, Johnny Cash, um, all that stuff. So a lot of guitar based, you know, music obviously influencing. Yeah. Skinner, Skinner and Chuck Berry were probably yeah. the two most influential things in my guitar playing. Yeah. And there's a, I think to have those kind of influences in, when there's all this music that's out there, all these genres that are out there, and you you get to kind of you get gravitated towards the I want to call them the, the classics, but like the supreme, you know, cream of the crop. When you talk about, I mean, Chuck Berry, phenomenal on all levels. You yeah. Talk about the iconic, you know, the iconicness that is Leonard Skinner, and you know, so to be able to kind of, you know, that's, that's going after the best, you know, that's not, you know, yeah. finding the single flip cassette of the, you know, the one hit wonder that's, that's going after the, uh, you know, the, the cream of the crop in, in music in that genre. When you, when did the, did the voice, uh, your voice develop 
as you know obviously the guitar sounds like that was uh, you know the first uh weapon yep. added but as, as far as adding in that like hey you know i can not only can i play the guitar but i can play the guitar and sing which is also a country song i believe yeah that was i mean that was my dad was i mean a huge influence on in my music but um <clears throat> he bought me like this little uh beatles songbook mm-hmm. with like guitar chords in it and had the words and i was like trying to play along and he's you know he i was struggling to like keep where i was in the song and he's like well maybe it'll help if you sing along with it and i'm like i'm not a singer and he's like well if you're gonna be in a band someday somebody's got to be the singer <laughs> so you got to find out if that's you yeah and so yeah i just kind of started there singing along with my guitar and then yeah just singing along with the radio i was a, a bedroom singer for a lot of years and I sang a lot, but never in front of anyone. Was that a? Is there a, a the butterfly factor, or a, you know, a confidence? You know, you know. Oh, confidence for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I didn't want to go out and fail. Yeah. Well, we got rid of that. We got rid of that fear over the years. <laughs> yeah, you, a little bit. You, you've gotten in front of a, a couple people here and there. Um, you know, when you first, and we talk about listening to to radio, were there, you know, for you, obviously you talked about the artists that you, that you, you found. And again, you threw the Beatles in there as if, if, if Skinner yeah. and Chuck Berry, you're like, I'm just going to go Skinner, Chuck Berry and the Beatles. You know, that's how I'm going to, yeah. you know, develop my, <laughs> develop my skill and hone in on it. Uh, but for you, like uh, artists that, that you ended up, I want to say not, emulating isn't the right word, but that you're kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of like that vibe or I like that sound, you know, was it, it sounds like your, the upbringing was a lot of, you know, a very wide. Yeah. And it, it kind of stayed that way for a long time. You yeah. know, I was, I, I really, I liked Alan Jackson a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was like in elementary school and then like, uh, early middle school, like Brad Paisley and stuff. But then mm-hmm. like early middle school too, my brother was a drummer and my brother was obsessed with Travis Barker yeah. from blink. blink yeah. And, uh, and if people don't know who blink is, that's blink 182. Um, <laughs> Google it kids use the Google machine. Google it. Um, of course now. So you- I got, I got really into them too. Yeah. Like I was obsessed with blink 182 and I, I, we played all their stuff and, uh, you know, and then I think it was like, it was 2007. So I'm like, I think I'm a sophomore in high school mm-hmm. and Zach Brown, his first yeah. album came out. And I was listening. You know, you heard Chicken Fried on the radio. Yeah. And in 2007, I didn't have a cell phone or anything. I didn't have internet at home, so it was like, literally went to Walmart and looked through the CDs to find that Zach Brown album, and got it, and listened to it. And I'm like, well, this is this stuff's all over the place. Right. Yeah. Like this is it. It just connected with me in that it was you know it had country songs on it, it had bluegrass songs on it, it had rock songs on it, reggae, all kind of like funk stuff, you know, just all over the place. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know I think as music has progressed, it's less. And and there's there's a lot of people out there that are against the fact that music has become less genre specific. Like this music sounds like this, and this music sounds like this, and this artist, you know, has has this sound to them. You know, but when music started to kind of evolve, and I think that's a good window in that that 2005, especially in you know in the the country world, people were experimenting with a lot of different sounds, and I think that if yeah. you, if you flash forward, you know, into 2019, it is very prevalent that there's still some uh, traditional country sound that that blends in well to the radio. I mean, Garth may sing forever. Uh, and, and his music will reign kind of forever, but it, you got 
some hip hop elements in it. You have some pop elements yeah. in it. You do have uh, you know some of that kind of Caribbean you know sound to it. So and, and Zach Brown, what a great influence for you to somebody that kind of covers all of those things and obviously uh, tremendous voice, you know, tremendous uh, talent in, within the confines of that band. So that was a that's a great one to gravitate to. Yeah, I I just kind of got lucky that that's the kind of music I liked because that's the stuff that's important in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, like just the fact that like one of the first things I heard was like guitar heavy Skinner, and I was just like hooked on it. You know, it's yeah. like that. I was just lucky. And the fact that you did like the hard work, the dedication of going to a store and and filing <laughs> through CDs. I mean, uh, there's there's a generation that it goes. I have no idea what those two just talked about. Like, what uh, CD? Yeah. I mean, I didn't find out until like. A few years had gone by, like when we were in middle school, mm-hmm. like there was a couple of kids like in eighth grade that had cell phones, but it was not common. Yeah. And, um, but I found out like when we got to high school, it's like, everybody has internet at home. And I'm like, <laughs> why don't we, <laughs> why don't we have internet at home? Um, but yeah, we just never did. I mean, I don't even think we could get it. We lived out in the middle of nowhere, right. which is perfect. Yeah, I mean that's they, my parents still don't have internet. No, <laughs> not funny. But they 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 have TV at least. They can get they got they got reception. They were able to yeah follow along in your journey a little bit. Now, when you go from you know inf- getting all these musical influences, do you remember the first time that you you talked about being in your you know in the bedroom, your bedroom voice or a closet voice, and all of a sudden being able to open that door and venture out and and standing on a stage for the first time? Do you remember that those emotions yeah. and where that was? Definitely. Yeah. I sang over and over again in my room and there was a talent show coming up at school in eighth grade. And I was like, I had mulled it over in my mind a million times. Like I want to sing. And I told, I told my music teacher at school that I was going to sing. And she just said, Oh, that's great. You know? And so, but I didn't tell my parents or anything. So they came to this talent show. Like me and my brother were just, we played like, I think we played like uh, back in black or something on just guitar and drums. And then I stayed out there. My brother left. I stayed out there and like walked up to a microphone. My mom about had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was uh, nerve wracking and uh, scary. Mm. Um, just felt naked up there, you know? Yeah. It wasn't something I was used to. But it was well received. I, I've seen it back now and it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not part of the, it won't be part of the documentary. Yeah, no. I mean, maybe without audio. Yeah. Oh, they they had the audio <laughs> turned off on the on the camcorder here. No. It's, yeah. Uh, but so that's kind of you know we, we talk about a, a journey to some place, and uh, as I mentioned, kind of in the open, this podcast has been a lot about uh, overcoming and and inspiring people to 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 get out of the comfort zone. I think all of those things that you talked about are are prime examples of that. You know, learning a guitar is is a, is a challenging thing. Some people pick things up and they really want to learn how to do something or they really want to yep. further themselves and they get in, they maybe learn that first chord, they get that first blister on their finger and they're like, I'm, I'm done. They don't understand. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of all or nothing in yeah. every aspect of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if I buy, like a, a few years ago, I bought a bike and I was just like, I, I love riding bike now. Now I'm, then I'd go out and ride 40 miles at a time and it's like, <laughs> And then, I mean, with anything, if I, I started trout fishing like quite a few years ago now, and like I did that every day, that's the only thing I was going to do. You're and so, I mean, music has always like been the main thing, yeah. but I, I get, I'm very obsessive when I start something. 
So you, you find um, you, you get introduced to a, a new you know hobby or new something you can uh, envelop yourself in, and it's it's the foot's on the floor. I mean, the, the pedal's all the way down and passing through the floorboards. A hundred percent. Last last fall, me and some friends started playing racquetball at the gym in Barron, nice. and just stupidly obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> did you do you buy? Did you get all the gear too? Like you, you I know we you know what we haven't got the goggles, but I've been hit in the face a couple times, and uh, I need to get the goggles <laughs> before uh, the eye patch becomes part of the the yeah. Chris Cruzy look. Um, see, eighth grade talent show, uh, being on stage. Was there a point? that you started to, to kind of say, this is where I can see my life going. And you talk about being a, a person who can, you know, find something and become obsessed about it. And, and at that age, especially, because now you're entering into the high school years, a lot of different influences are, are kind of flying at you. You could very easily gravitate towards, nope, this is going to be my thing. But when, when did you know between that window of, you know, eighth grade and, and whenever it happened that pursuing a musical, you know, career, whether <coughs> You know, however it started, but that was going to be something that you were like, "Yeah, I'm. Gonna, this is going to be a part of who I am, no matter what." It was. It was like I think it was right before my freshman year, sometime in the summer before my freshman year of high school. Um, I can't even remember how it went down exactly, but we got asked to come play at the VFW bar in Barron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had we had like four guys in the band, and I think we walked out of there with like maybe 25 bucks a piece. And I was just like, you know what? I just played music and got paid for it. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I, I'm going to, I need to keep doing this. <laughs> what were the, uh, yeah. the other members? What was that? You know, cause it, it, usually there's, there's a lot of people in, I think in, in bands that can be self-driven, but there's some people that look, could look at that and say, dude, we just made 25 bucks. Like at this rate, we're going to make about 1200 bucks a year. And yeah, <laughs> but, but obviously you have higher expectations in that, but, but to, for you to have that like aha moment almost and know that it's going to be a part of you, um, did, was there anything that got in your way after that? Was there ever, was there a, not really? You know? I mean like that kind of stuff. It was, I mean, my brother was my drummer. Um, it was a friend from high school that was a bass player and, uh, a foreign exchange student <laughs> that had just come. <laughs> we had just met him. He played guitar with us and, uh, I mean, like the money thing. I mean, we didn't like we didn't get allowance or nothing like that growing right. up. Like, it, we got money on our birthday and Christmas, and it was gone the next day. Oh yeah. And so, I mean, to, like me at fourteen years old, to have twenty five bucks, it was like that's twenty five dollars I didn't have, <laughs> and so that was good to me. How long did that twenty five um, bucks last? Was that was that gone? Oh, in the day probably too? not very long. No. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> on I, the way home, I'm sure I spent it at the gas station on the way home or something. So you, but you, uh, go ahead. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There was never really any hangups, you know. It, it was definitely, you know, in high school talking to all like the student services and stuff, like looking at colleges and stuff. They're like, "What do you want to go to school for?" And I was like, "Well, music. If I have to go to school, you know, we were told we have to go to college after high school." Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so I went. I went to. Uh, I guess prior to that, like going to school thing. Um, like in middle school, right after I started singing, I got super obsessed with like recording Mm -hmm. and I, we had this terrible desktop computer that was like so slow. You couldn't do anything with it, but there was like a a movie maker on there and there was a little spot, tiny little part of the screen where you could like click record to record like, uh, audio overdubs. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I looked on the back of the computer and there was a little plug-in next to the headphone plug-in that had a microphone on it. I'm like, well, I don't have a microphone, but I have headphones. So I plugged the headphones into the microphone slot in the left ear, uh, acted as a microphone. And so I, I started recording a lot of stuff in that. And then I figured out how to like get the file out of there. And, mm-hmm. and then, uh, my eighth grade music teacher had, uh, like a couple of Macs, like the old bubble screen Macs yep. in the, yep. in the music room. And I think it was like one of the first versions of GarageBand that was on there. Oh, nice. And yeah. so we could record with that. And then, yeah, in high school, we had, like, an audio-visual room, and there was an iMac in the back there that had, like, the more current version of GarageBand. And uh, I talked to the teacher into letting me do an independent study, and he bought an audio interface for me. <clears throat> and, like, uh, a cheap mic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just started diving into that. And then when it came time for, like, schooling, it was, like, I had found this school in Minneapolis that was for audio production and engineering. So that's, that's what I ended up doing. But it was a hard sell for a lot of people because they're like, you're going to, you know, what's your backup plan? And I'm like, I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Plan B. uh, We don't need a plan A. We don't need a plan B. This is it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 it's all in. Like you said, you're, you're a kind of find it and, and go at it a hundred percent. See during, you know, all of this, you're, finishing up high school, you know, obviously going on to, uh, to some post high school education in that field. Are you still playing, you're still playing shows. You're still. Are you still oh yeah. Doing yeah. The whole time I, I yeah. started, you know, after that first like bar show, we played a lot. Yeah. I mean, we got out and we played all the bars and in, in like Barron County for sure. I mean, we didn't get too far out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't every, every weekend, but we probably, you know, we probably did three or four shows a month which was, you know, it got to the point where we were making a hundred bucks a piece or something. And yeah. when you're in high school, you don't have any bills. You know what I mean? I never had a car, you know? So, I mean, it was mm. 400 bucks a month was, was, I thought I was doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you got. Like- and then w- when I went to college, like I, I came home, I did about like, I would do like, you know, 10 to 12 shows a month mm. just on the weekends. I'd come back to Wisconsin, play the shows and it was just barely enough to cover my rent. <laughs> <laughs> what is this reality? I don't like this. I got to pay bills, I know. pay rent. I know. Ugh. So you are, uh, you're in going to school where, and, and I want to, I want to get to the voice. Um, yeah. Where at, at that point before, before that possibility opens up or that Avenue opens up, Where's your like? Where's your dream state at? Like you are visioning yourself. Is it? Do you have that that big, you know, standing on a catwalk in front of twenty five thousand people, you know, and just being that guy? I mean, are you? Are you? Is that where your headspace is at? Are you still? Are you kind of? Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. I mean, I. I used to. I used to sit in the basement with a guitar late at night and watch just CMT music videos and like play along, like figure out the songs as they go and. Like that, I always wanted that. Yeah. And uh, we'd watch the CMAs and, you know, those big crowds and just all that. Yeah, it was all definitely on my radar. I mean, none of it ever seemed obtainable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, one, once a year we'd have a fair or something where it was mm-hmm. like you'd have an actual stage that you were on and, mm-hmm. you know, there might be like 500 people there. And, to me, and, and at that point, like 500 was a huge crowd. Yeah. And it was... Uh, you know, then it then it felt more real at those moments. Looking back, it was you know very early on. But yeah. so how does how does the voice? How do you first? 
kind of be made aware of of the show? I mean, did, were, you, were you watching it, or was it, you know, somebody else we, passed along to we you? We always watched American Idol growing yeah. up. Yeah, and uh, like my parents were really into it, and no, then there was there's a million singing TV shows that yeah. have come and gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like it was just. Uh, I'd had a million people tell me that I should go on The Voice and do all that. And I honestly had very little interest in it just because it's, I don't know how real it is. And I don't know, I don't know what it entitles. And, and a big part of not wanting to do it is no matter what anybody tells you, you know, I always, I think I always played it off like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's dumb. But in reality, it was probably, I don't want to do that because it's scary and uh, and I could fail publicly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a real fear. And that's even getting to that level of it. I mean, obviously you, you, there's, it's not just submit, Hey, you're pretty good. We'll put you on. There's, there's likely a, a long-term process that goes on at any, any point of that, you know, long time, long-term audition process. There could be a point where you don't make it to, to one level. So there's not just one failure. There's getting that accomplishment. Like, Ooh, I just, yeah. Okay. Now I'm onto this. I'm onto this stage. Okay. And oh, and now I'm here. You know, so the further along you get, it's almost like the bigger, you know, the fall can be. But how do you then kind of step over the line, take the dive and say, all right, I'm going to I'm going to take my swing at this. You know, it was actually funny. I didn't I didn't actually audition for the show. Oh, Um, it was some friends of mine sent videos in. Mm. And I didn't know. (laughs) Um, Then I got an email like asking me to come out and be a part of the blind auditions. And I mean, right away, like my first reaction was, I said, well, what does it entitle? Where is it? How long is it? They're like, well, it's in Los Angeles. And I'm like, when? And they're like, well, you'd have to come out June 3rd. And then the blind auditions are like June 29th. So you'd come out June 3rd and start preparing for the blind audition. Hmm. And then we film them June 29th. If you make it, you go home for a week and come back in July for the next round. And then I'm like, well, how long is that? And they're like, well, it's all of July. And I'm like, what happens if I make it past that? They're like, then you stay until September. And we film more rounds. And then I said, well, what's after that? And they they said, you know, you go home for like three weeks in September. And then you go back out there for the live show if you make it that far. And I was in my brain, I, I had a full summer of shows booked. And that's like, that's my only income. Right. So I had, I had to cancel like around 100 shows wow. to go and to go and do that and it was my my first reaction was like well i can't I, you know i have obligations i have a family i have mm-hmm. bills i can't i can't do that um but so like for that next this was like probably late april that i got this email and then you know i talked to my wife a little bit about it and they just said they needed to know by like the second week of may or something so like right after that, like we started being super frugal and just putting every penny away that we could. Right. So if, if, if we do decide to do this, then we can at least survive while I'm there. And, uh, yeah, I talked to my wife and my family and stuff and just said, let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And flew out there June 3rd and did the blind, made it. And then, you know, after that, it's like, you know, it's the, the battle rounds. Mm-hmm. So you're going up against another person on your team. And, like, you honestly don't know if you're going to get through. Right. And, you know, that was filmed in July. And I made it through that. 
and then it's like, all right, staying for the for the knockout rounds. And then I, if, like, at that point, it was like I was I was excited to go home because you know every round of the show, it's like, man, if I could just make it on a team, that'd be great. Yeah. And then it's like, God, I, if I could just make it through the the battles, I'll be. I'll be happy with whatever. Then once you make it to that next one, you're like, oh, the knockouts. I got to make it through the knockouts, so I got to get to the live shows. Right. You know? And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of a – it wasn't so bad right away, but, like, when the live show started it, in the fall, it was – it's a marathon because it's yeah. two shows a week, you know, week after week after week. I'm going to jump out uh, from L.A. and bring you back into uh, yeah. to Barron County and – uh, tell me about your support system, obviously, uh, with your family, with your wife, with your child. Um, that's when you're away, you know, and, and you're doing, you know, and, and trying to make this, uh, this, this journey stay further on this adventure, obviously, you know, on your list of wise family is right there at the top. You know, I think right. you've, you've, proven that and said that, you know, over and over again, knowing why, why are you out here doing this? Obviously you're passion driven. It's something that you, you have a, a, the skill set and the talent for, but tell me about their support from back here and the support of the community while you're going through, you know, this constant, like you said, marathon, uh, the back and forth home and away. And, and, but tell me about how, how not only your, your family, but, but the community really, you know, helped you to get through, you know, some of the more challenging times out there. I mean, it was, it was awesome. You know, it's, we're lucky to live where we do and we've got family everywhere. Um, I mean, if we didn't have family around, there's no way we could have done it just because my wife was here with two kids and yeah, it wasn't easy for her. That's, that's for sure. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, none of it was awesome. You know, it sucks being away from home. If you got kids, you know, it sucks when you're away from them. Um, but, uh, just the, the family support and community support, and uh, every everybody stepped up and did everything, you know, not only to get me votes and stuff, but, uh, you know, just to, like, a, just a lot of our close friends and family, like, really stepped up and helped my wife with the kids and, mm-hmm. like, would, you know, at least once a week, like, give her a night off. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that's could, important. It's very important. Yeah. Well, because otherwise you go to work and you have kids and then all weekend you have kids and then you go to work and you have kids and you go to work and you have kids and you just, you yeah. can lose your mind. Yeah. Real quickly. <laughs> yeah. So you, it, for you, uh, jumping back out to LA, you know, and we, we talked about earlier in the podcast about being the, you know, singing in the bedroom, doors closed to obviously making it to a point where you were comfortable on, on stage. There's a difference in, uh, in, a, in a lot of things between Los Angeles, California and yep. Barron, Wisconsin and the surrounding communities, even in the metropolitan area where I'm from in Eau Claire, you know, yeah. <laughs> there, there's some differences between here and, and LA for you going out there uh, and, and being in that environment and obviously uh, being on a much bigger stage, not just necessarily stage wise, but the studio audience having it in the back of your head somewhere that there's a handful of people watching at home yeah, uh, and and not yeah it's kind of is it's a different world out there it's yeah. just i mean every aspect of it there's a i guess the best way to explain like the the different living conditions out there is the state of wisconsin has just under six million people yeah, yeah. and la county has surpassed 20 million people the county that's crazy yeah perspective i mean 
that's like taking all of all of Wisconsin and shoving it into like you know Barron County. It's yeah. six million people in Barron. You know, LA County's huge, but I mean, there's twenty million people there, and it's just it's insanity. I mean, I couldn't imagine living out there. It's just you know, you get on the four hundred five freeway and it's take an hour and a half to go fifteen miles. And here it it might take you twelve minutes to go fifteen miles. Right, yeah. It d- depends on which road you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. We, we... Um But I mean, yeah, it was kind of nerve wracking with the cameras everywhere. You mm-hmm. know, everywhere we were there was cameras. And they're filming everything and you never know what they're gonna put in their uh compilation, I guess. So yeah, kinda kinda weird. Once once I got deeper into the show, mm-hmm. like after the second or third live round where we're down to like eight people, I was already just like, well, at this point, whatever, honestly, whatever happens, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. What was your, you know, when you we go into something like that, what is your expect? I mean, obviously you have, you know, well, you didn't, your friends had the, uh, you know, they pushed you into the fire and you obviously yeah. accept, accepted the, uh, the terms and conditions of, of jumping into that fire by going out there. But you know, for you, what, when you get out there and you get through the, you know, the blind auditions, do you have like, I think you kind of mentioned that you kind of are just happy to be, okay, I'm going to get, then I'm, now I'm here. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. But, yeah, yeah. But even at, you know, when you're down to the, you know, the, the last eight, are you just, you're the content, you're just like, I'm, I'm cool here. Like whatever happens, happens. That was, that was the mindset. Honestly. Yeah. Wholeheartedly too. It was yeah. just kind of like, I remember standing up there on the last night with the, the final four people. It's just I was like, how how does this how does this end up happening? Like, <laughs> how did I get here? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm from, you know, it, as far as like a lot of the countries concerned, I'm from the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and there's not that many people here. That was that may have and been so, brought to the light on the show a couple of times. Like population yeah. of it's population what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, 3,400? Oh, okay. Did they miss a zero on the on the sign? Like, is yeah. That, you know, is that two zeros? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was it was, it was was a ton of fun, but yeah. definitely weird. <laughs> yeah. And especially, I think, because we, we all have, and, and and they brought this to light on, on the show as well, and, and it's something that I think we who are kind of born and raised in Wisconsin, no matter what community, we, we all have this, like, like, there's this, we're just kind of, we're different, but in a good way, you know, we have that kind of Midwestern, yep. like, you know, Ope, that's our thing. You know, we, kind yeah. of, we, we, we own that and, and we own this, like a kindness and a politeness and a caringness about us. Um, and then you get out to uh, an area where it's a, a lot of, a lot different than that. Uh, you're obviously yeah. on a, on a team and on a show with a, a bunch of different you know, personalities from a bunch of different, uh, places in the, in the country. Tell me about you know developing those relationships uh, within your team uh, as you go through this process. You're you're kind of all fighting for the same thing at the end, but you still again that Midwestern thing. We just kind of make friends with people as we go. We're like, oh yeah, we're gonna be friends now. So tell me about those relationships that you made within uh, within the team. Yeah, it's uh, you know, like I'll go back to we were out there for the blinds. We got out there June third, and we didn't film them until twenty the twenty ninth. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we're all living, there's like 140 some potential contestants living in this hotel together Wow! and everybody, you know, we all know who each other are. We'd have these big meetings and, uh, 
you know, you're all like, once you make a team, it was just like, you'd look at your team and be like, Oh yeah, I've seen these guys around the hotel. Yeah. And then, you know, then, then you start, you do all your, your filming together. So, I mean, team Blake's going to go in for interviews today at 5 PM right. and we all sit there. So, I mean, we spend a lot of time together and, uh, you know, there's, there's some people that were just kind of went and did their own thing. I spent a lot of time in my hotel room, mm-hmm. uh, marketing on social media and, uh, working. Yeah. And a lot of people spent their time, um, singing Kumbaya around the fire by the pool, which is fine. I, you know, there's, yeah. there's definitely time for both things, but I, I spent a lot of time working out there. And so I didn't get to know a lot of people until later on in the show, mm-hmm. just because I was out there, you know, I was there working. Yeah. It wasn't a vacation. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I got, I still talked to a few guys from, from team Blake and stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody was super nice. It was never a nasty competition. It was right. all like, you know, we were all kind of in the same boat, like, Oh man, I don't Who knows who's going to make what, you know, right. Blake Shelton, your, bo- yeah. your bowling brother from another mother. <laughs> I saw the picture up uh, on Instagram. By the way, if you don't follow Chris on Instagram, make sure you do so. Um, what's what's that environment like with uh, with Blake? Um, clearly, you guys developed a uh, be, because you had a lot of you know getting the farthest and working with him a lot more as the show progressed instead of a you know larger yeah. group. Obviously, that that group gets smaller and stuff. Talking about the experience for you um, as a human, as an artist, and and your relationship as it stands. You know, it was, it was, it was cool. You know, right away it was, it was fun. You know, it's mm. just like, Holy crap, that's Blake Sheldon, you know, right. but you, you didn't, we didn't really know him. No, like get to like spend any like one-on-one time with him until like quite, quite late in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause there's so many people. Right. And you know, meanwhile he's filming this show. He's also flying all over the country on the off days and touring, you know, he's, got a place he lives in oklahoma and you know he's, he's kind of all over the place and uh so i mean it wasn't until like later on in the show that we got to like actually do some do some cool stuff um but he's a super nice guy i yeah. mean super down to earth and uh not any different than you know anyone around here and uh i mean like one one good realization was like after the finale they have this big um finale after party mm-hmm like a rap party, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a rap. and, and I asked him like the, the day of the finale, I'm like, are you going to the rap party tonight? And he said he used to go, but he said, he's not going to go anymore just because he said he goes there and it's like, it's open to the public. You know, it's a right. big, it's a big thing it, right downtown LA. And he said, it just turns into, you know, he can't, it takes him an hour and a half to even get in the door right? because people come up and it's like, then once he gets in, you know, they put him in this table with like ropes off around it. And then it's like a zoo. <laughs> and then he said, and then if he wants to go to the bar and get a drink, it's like, you know, he's just going to do a, uh, do pictures for four hours. And he's like, it's not that it's, that it's, that he's like above it or anything, but it's just, uh, you know, his life is crazy. Yeah. Um, I think people, I think, uh, people in the limelight get, uh, get a, a bad rap sometimes if they're not super social and, I mean, like I can't, I, my life has gotten crazy and yeah. I can't imagine what his looks like. I mean, there's times for me, like if we, we go to Walmart and like, it's fine. Like I love meeting people. I love talking to people, 
but there's times when it's like, all right, I just want to, I just, I just want to go home. <laughs> I'm and, just uh, here to get some necessities for my home people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just having like that, just getting to see that side of like, you know, he, he's got to escape and, uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's been good. We've stayed in contact. Like we text once in a while and stuff, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. His, his life's got to be crazy and he's, he's treated me really well. Right. What is the, what is one of the one thing or, or one or two things that you really took from him, uh, as a coach, as, as obviously an artist who has, has had massive success, just some of the, the, the core things that you learned from him about as you continue on, on your journey, on your path, yeah. um, that you, that you still, you, that you like, okay, that I got that now. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I, I put this into my, how I operate, how I, you know, run my, you know, my career. I think, I think the biggest thing that I got was, I mean, Blake is Blake, no matter where he is, mm-hmm. cameras on, cameras off. It's the same dude. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. Cause it's like, there's always this like persona of what you're supposed to act like on stage. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do me Yeah. at this point, just because if you start acting like doing different things on stage than you would do in normal life, then you've got this persona to live up to. And it's just, I don't know. I, I think that was the biggest thing. Just literally be yourself all the time. Yeah. I think when you, when you live a life that's authentic and I think you are just a, the real you and your, you know, your real life outside of, of the stage is the same life. They're the same human that you are when you're shopping at Walmart or, you know, driving through quick trip. Um, then there's there's no real pressure then to the the controversy if there's any any controversy that ever gets brought up it's always like well I, I, this is who I am as a person this is how I behave yep. you know anytime anybody asks you a question you can answer that honestly because you're like well no, this right is, you don't have to remember way. anything if you yeah just, you're like yeah well, this is this is how that happened so that's a and that's a huge and I'm not away. smart enough to remember things <laughs> so I need to. I well, gotta stick with that. <laughs> well, all that all that brain power is focused on well, like uh, uh, music, bike riding. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the yeah. way, let's throw some kids and, and a wife in there, and you know this uh, this crazy you know, last couple of years that it's been for you. Um, yeah. The the show ends, uh, and you know the whole state you know is is watching, and, and obviously the whole country is watching. But this uh, again, Midwesterners, man, we got we got some we got a horse in the race, and we're just like glued, and there's you know voice parties all over all over the state um but you have that moment obviously being up there in the top two um and you're standing up there under the lights it's live it's probably hot <laughs> did you have yeah like, yeah did you have the sleeveless on? you should have had the sleeveless uh i did yeah see he knows redneck yeah, through and through. that's awesome but what's what's that moment like you know i, I know that you had said you know when you got to a that level of, of top eight that it was like, hey, you know, as far as we go is as far as we go. But you're you're in that. Is there a, you know, what's that moment happens? And and you were again Midwestern. We're so my, appreciative. My whole like, thoughts at you. that finale when we're standing up there with just two people up there left, yeah. standing up there, and I'm literally the only thing that's going through my head is like, the good news is the no matter what happens, I get to go home tomorrow. <laughs> like it's <laughs> done. Like I was really excited to go home. My wife was out there, mm-hmm. and I mean, I remember looking at her. She was in the crowd. Like when we cut to like commercial break before they announced the winner, I'm just like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it it didn't matter. I was super happy for Chevelle. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, every, everybody that was out there deserved everything. Yeah. You know, there's there's some there were some crazy good singers that could sing circles around me in their sleep that didn't even make the show. You know, oh. it's just it's kind of about what they want. Mm-hmm. So yeah, getting to go home. Tell me about that moment because you're out there. You know that that's the the extended stay during the live shows and to uh, to leave Los Angeles to leave LAX. You know, to fly in probably to Minneapolis. And yep. make the trip over uh, back home. You know, you know the surprising one of the surprising things at the end was that uh, NBC. You know, NBC owns the Voice, and so right. NBC paid for all of our travel and stuff. And NBC couldn't afford a straight flight to Minneapolis for us. <laughs> they had to send us through Chicago. Well, <laughs> so close to home. Let's go down I'm like, to Illinois. Yeah, and then like a four hour layover with two kids. Really oh, fun, man. It, yeah, it, it had been a long day the day before, and yeah. here we are at O'Hare just living the dream Ugh. but when you finally make it back home uh and you're you're back in the the, the less little less crowded space uh up there in Barron, um how how deep is the exhale that you take just to kind of huge yeah yeah i mean it was it was nice to nice to come home i mean we live out in the country and it's like i, I remember just going you know, it was winter time but it's yeah. just like you drive in like you drive into your own driveway, park your car, and like you don't have to get valet parking or something. Right. And there's not a million people. Everyone was like, "Oh man, this is nice." <laughs> and quiet. There's some silence. Yes. There. And that's that's God sent right there. That just <sighs> oh, I know. And quiet, man. But since then, I mean, you know, life continues to be crazy for you. It's and when we met. Uh, in Chippewa Falls for their 150th uh, celebration, you had doing you're doing two shows a day. I was like, yeah. wait, dude, like, like I didn't, I wasn't aware. I, I knew that you know there was another festival going on uh, nearby in Wisconsin. Again, that's what a, yeah. a two and a half hour trip, which in LA gets you about eight miles. So I mean, yeah. perspective. But you'd already done a show at that point. And you're coming up to, to headline uh, that night in the rain. It's a long day, but smiling through the whole thing and, you know, meet and greet with all the people and kind of back at it, pounding the pavement. I mean, I watch you on all the socials and it's, it's constant shows when it's not a show, you're always interacting, you know, on social media with the fans and really, you know, keeping the train moving forward. I mean, what's, you know, post voice, what's, what's the life been like? Just nonstop. It's been crazy. You know, it's been really good. It's been a fun summer. We played a ton of shows and, you know, it's it's a learning experience for sure because these are different. it's a different level than I've ever done before. So, I mean, it's finding out, you know, what stuff works. And one of the biggest things is, like, making <laughs> keeping travel arrangements, like, planned ahead because yeah. hotels get expensive the day before. And, <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that again. I mean, just uh, just learning how to, how to run this thing. Um, yeah, I mean, and then just staying busy. Like, I was in the studio yesterday, and mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm going to Nashville Actually, we're going to Montana next week, and then the week after that, I'm going to Nashville to write songs and uh, just you know just keep grinding and keep pounding away. Yeah, what's that? And then I was going to ask what uh, kind of the next phases are, are for you as far as music goes and um, writing, 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 <laughs> putting it down. It's been such a crazy summer. We did some writing on the road. We wrote some songs mm-hmm. this summer and stuff. Uh, we're going to go down to Nashville and do some co-writes with some other people and um, just uh, get some new material. And then get in, get back into the studio probably in Nashville this winter. Yeah, 
do you do you find that as, as you're going through this process and you know, and obviously doing some writing on the road, doing some writing before the show, um, that you've you've got a lot more in the tank as far as the, that that writing creativity goes because you've a, a lot of it, especially in in, in a genre oh, yeah. country that they yeah, experienced I mean, so much. Yeah, it's I mean the more you experience, the more things you have to pull from. Yeah. And we've experienced a lot this year. Yeah. It's been really good. <laughs> it's been a ride. That's absolutely true. I mean, driving down the road and you see someone do something stupid on the road, it can spark anything. You know, it's like you think you, <laughs> whatever your road rage anger might throw out, <laughs> like could be a cool line for a song. You know, wait know. a minute. <laughs> I should jot that, put that in the notes on the iPhone. Quick. Yeah. Somebody put that down. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I want to wrap on this, and, and and again, thank you so much for the time and, and the yeah, stories. Thanks for I having me. Uh, Appreciate it. It's great to be able to uh, to really kind of walk along and experience that uh, what you've gone through because it has been a whirlwind of you know a, what three hundred and sixty some odd you know days of this yeah this wildness. But it but what the what I wanted to do in the podcast is really show that that segment of your life is just that. It's that it was, the, it was a crazy ass part of it. But, yeah. you know, it, it all started, you know, with around a campfire with your dad playing guitar and right. that eighth grade uh, talent show and, and and almost, you know, giving your mother a heart attack. I'm sure she's still appreciative uh, yeah. <laughs> of doing that. But when you're up there um, and, and even... In, she's, by the way, she still gets nervous when I go when to go, sing on stage. Yeah. Like, I, are you, what about you? Do you still have a little bit of nerves? Are you, are you kind of... No, not at all. I love it now. Yeah. Um, I think I think the biggest thing that got rid of that was like singing in the studio because if you sing in the studio, like you, you're gonna sound like crap no matter what. Yeah, I think I kind of realized that when we had our conversation because you were literally just about to go on stage. It's the reason I came over to talk to you because I, I never, as, as many times as I brought artists up, I some are like, stay away, and you know. But so I was wanted to make sure I was I don't want to touch your mic. You know, make sure it's at the oh, right yeah. height. But like. You were just like you know, kind of going back and forth. You know, you had you had the uh, the in ear was on, and you're chatting back and forth, and we kind of got off and talked about podcasts a little bit. No, how did you end up on this? And like so chill, so relaxed, not tense at all, and then just went out and brought it on stage. Uh, but getting back to my question, you're up and doing the voice. You're part of this, you know, process going through it getting further and further, getting more exposure. Uh, you know, Wisconsin is is rallying behind you. You're standing on that stage and then post voice, it's shows, it's always out going, doing, doing two a days. And what the one thing that I thought about before this interview was there's some kid in Wisconsin that watched your story, learned about you, and and kind of got like a kid from Barron County, a kid from Barron, Wisconsin. Yeah. Population thirty four hundred. Yeah, has taken uh, a passion, a drive, uh, continuing to grow with you know the guitar vocally. Took a chance, friend influenced slightly, to go out and step onto this huge national stage and a huge national spotlight in a very, very different environment. I mean, you want to talk about stepping on your yeah. comfort zone? Walk down your driveway, Chris, and then go. Yeah, nothing like this is Hollywood Boulevard. Nothing like this yeah. is downtown L.A. But then. But that kid goes, well, it it has been done. It it the, there's a path laid forward for someone yep. who has, you know, a drive and a, and, a, and a talent and and sometimes hard work can you know supersede that talent if you keep on putting in the time and putting in the effort. Um, 
you can go places that sometimes when people are sitting in their bedroom, singing in the bedroom, they go, this, I, I, there's just no way, there's no way I can do it. I think you really set this, this tone for an artist who throughout that whole show, original to who you were, you were yourself on that stage and somebody somewhere, and we'll know about him in probably 10 years from now, because he'll reflect on back, you know, on seeing you. Yeah. Does that ever, I mean, do, do you feel that kind of like, I don't want to say not not power necessarily, but the fact that you kind of paved a way for a lot of people to continue on with a with a path that they they feel like they're they're driven to be in. Yeah, I've never really thought about that. I guess, but I mean, if 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 anyone can be inspired or anything, I mean, just that'd be great. I mean, that'd be yeah. that'd be awesome. Um, like just stepping out of the comfort zone, such a big deal. I mean, I've never made any headway and been comfortable yeah. while I made it. You know, it's never happened and it never will. If it's just like working out, mm-hmm. if you want to get in better shape, it's going to suck for a little bit yeah. and then it's going to get a little bit better and it's going to suck more and then it's going to get a little bit better. And I mean, that goes, I mean, even now, even with like our performances now, I mean, I'm constantly working on becoming a better performer and connecting better with crowds and talking, you know, and having, you know, the right things to say on stage and, uh, all that, you know, and it's yeah. not comfortable for me. That's not my forte. Mm-hmm. But every night I go out there and make myself uncomfortable, and it gets a little easier every time. Yeah, there's a there's a, a clever t-shirt company out there, or and their t-shirts say "Embrace the suck." You got to yeah. embrace the suck because if if you can get past it, if you can get over not wanting to get out of your bedroom and sing, you know, if 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 you never take that step, if you just like not, you know, I'll do the guitar thing, but I'm gonna keep the voice, you know, in this room of the house you know the world doesn't get to experience you know the your journey your path your talents your voice your your songs so it's a really a really inspiring story i think of just what you said step out of the comfort zone and then you grow and then it gets a little easier then it sucks again then it gets it's a ongoing process you continue on that and it's it's constant i mean yeah. it's it's even it's even like i mean even with music i mean i'm really good at playing songs that i know yeah, <laughs> and I, and you know, do the things that you suck at so you don't suck at them anymore. Awesome, Chris, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for the thank stories. Thank you. And uh, safe travels out to uh, to Montana. Best of luck in the studio. Um, it's gonna be great. Can't wait to see what the rest of the year and then uh, 2020, man. You know, why why not make it crazier than the last year has been? Why not? Let's you know? do it. Awesome, <laughs> thank you so much we'll have links to all of Chris's social media platforms uh, in the show notes of the podcast uh, and, and again thank you for the time best of luck and if we don't catch up uh, happy uh, Halloween Thanksgiving uh, Black Friday Christmas New Year all those things and here's to a good <laughs> yeah and you know what else he doesn't he doesn't give up on that beard man you're on that yeah. man that shit is on point <laughs> loving it Thank you for listening and being a loyal listener. If you are a listener and you are listening on whatever platform that you choose to listen on, on your iPhone, on your Android device, Stitcher, Spotify, we're on the iHeart app, we are on the radio.com app and every other place that podcasts are heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can get updates every time we drop a new episode. Be in the know. Also, follow the podcast on all the social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Just search Welcome to Cooperville. You'll find us. Give us a like, give us a follow, 
much appreciated. Also want to let you know to check out holisticremedies.net on the World Wide Web for all your CBD and beard oil needs. Use the promo code COOPER10 and get 10% off your order, holisticremedies.net.